let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you cause all this conversation. Always stay gracious, best revenge is your paper. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Vagistine Podcast, where we're having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. I'm super duper excited today because I have not one, not two, a whole bunch. I have a whole bunch of guests (laughs) today. And today we are talking about cultural upbringings and sex. So, I'm going to go one at a time. We will introduce ourselves. Um, and I can't wait to get this conversation started. So, hey, I'm Dr. <laughs> Donna Oriola. Hey, Donna. <laughs> Hi, I'm Karen. Hey. Hi, I'm Mickey. Hey, hey. Hi, I'm Tanya. Hey, so I have an awesome panel of women today coming to talk to you about our cultural upbringings and the myths and the things that we've heard around sex. But before we jump into that, we have some sex news. Are y'all ready for some sex news? <laughs> yes. All right. Or, hold on. We're still, the debate is still out. We have, I got sex news. Mm-hmm. Sex news now. I think that was one that uh, Mickey proposed. And then I have snatch chat. So, you know, at the end of the show, y'all tell me which one you prefer because the jury is still out on that one. Snatch chat. Snatch chat. Snatch chat. Yep. All right, all right. So, today in snatch chat, um, <laughs> we trademarked it. We trademarked it over here. We have male birth control is coming. So, British scientists have made a breakthrough in the search for male contrac- of the male contraceptive pill or nasal spray. They're still trying to figure it out um they said that the basically they're still trying to figure out how they're going to do this if this is going to be like an ointment if this is going to be a nasal spray or if it's going to be a pill and the thing is we have such a big market um for birth control and so some people are kind of doubting especially women they are saying that have been surveyed are doubting that men will actually take this method. So, mm-hmm. what do y'all think about the male birth control? Number one is about to yeah, turn. Exactly. <laughs> about time. <laughs> but we keep we keep hearing on the news like I feel like every few months it's like oh there's this new innovation but like nothing mm. ever comes of it. And mm. It's always yeah. very exciting <laughs> and very like yeah. scientific and exciting and molecular and all these like, terms. <laughs> and, and then it doesn't come out. Yeah, and you're like, okay, so no I heard about this three years ago. What's yeah. going on? That's true. And then you yeah. never hear about it again. That's yeah. true. But the thing yeah. is, it probably won't happen. What? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that they I won't say, develop I it. Doubt. But I hear the doubt. I'm not, I'm doubting that dudes will actually take it. Think, yeah. think about, yeah. like, when it comes to sterilization. When you decide you don't want no more babies. Right. The cheaper option is to sterilize the man. It's yeah. quick. It's done in the afternoon. He's back at work the next day. Right. But what do they want a woman to do? Go through major surgery yeah. to cut her abdomen open, <laughs> to take the t- take the time, the money, and the patience to get everything snipped up, squared away, <laughs> and then you're bedridden for days and weeks. And then he decided, I, I think I want another child. Oh, <laughs> you see, the doubt, the doubt is real. Mickey, what were you going to say? I was going to say, is I think that the less invasive it is, maybe it would be uh, more marketable. Yeah. I think I, at one point they were talking about like a shot yeah. for men and all these steps and stuff. I just don't think that men are going to take that step. But, you know, I think there might be a small pocket of men who are all about 
male birth control mm-hmm. and who want the option right, to right. have some power and control mm-hmm. in that area for themselves. Right. That's true. So I, I think it'll be kind of just like how women, some are all about IUDs and some are not. I think that it would be the same for men. Some are all going to be all about, about all about it and some are not. But so. why do we have to be like into the invasive methods but it's like when it comes to men it's like oh sorry I don't want to take a shot. Like that's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. fair to yeah. us. Yeah. Like we are used to the, the invasive. We're doing yeah. all the trials. We're figuring it all out. We got right. the I just everything yeah. up in there. Yeah. Up in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All up all in the there. Time. All the time. Just go to the yeah. GYN. Yeah. All up in there. And we're responsible so we're seeing the GYN at least once a year. Yeah. Like we're doing all, we got our legs up on stirrups and like you can tell me you can't take a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Get out of it. <laughs> try to get them to take a flu shot. Yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Even to like put on a condom, some men are like, oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. not doing that. You're on birth control? Great. We'll just we'll just rely on that. As though STDs whatever. don't exist. Right, exactly. You know what? I want to have more faith. I want to have more faith in them. And I also, something that was uh, a quote from the article from some of the scientists was that this will help men in avoiding children that they don't want to have. So I mm-hmm. guess those like those cases where <laughs> they feel trapped, even though they right. put their peen inside of somebody, right. you know, like <laughs> so maybe that will be there. Maybe that will be there. Like I don't know. I just feel like why why not? Why Especially not? if it's yeah. easier. Yeah. Right, right. And if you can't afford any children. Uh, Right. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Right. Hello. All right. All right. Okay. I hear what y'all saying. Y'all sound really negative on it, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep, I'll keep well, the faith. Wait, wait and see. Wait and see. We're gonna see. Right. They don't even know if it's gonna be a spray or a right. cream and or whatever. Yeah. So let them let them settle down. Yeah. And that's the thing. Once they tell us what it's gonna be, maybe, right. maybe yeah. we'll figure it out. And at the there. end, they mentioned that um, they might have they might be ready for trials in 2018 to 2021. Wait, so, yeah. Science takes time. Science takes time. Science, when it comes to a penis, takes time. But, when it comes to anybody else, it doesn't. But, <laughs> but you have to have those men that are willing to do the clinical trials, too, though. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, money talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I want to see, I want to I want to meet yeah. and I want to shake the hands of the men who are like, you know what? Do what you're going to do right. with yeah. I'll this. I'll high five them. <laughs> take them to lunch. Right. I'll take them. <laughs> anything on a dollar minute. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what you deserve. <laughs> All right. So are y'all ready for the next Snatch Chat yeah, uh, story? So uh, STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, are at an all high, high all time high in the United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. So according to the CDC, it's a new study that just came out. The number of people who have been infected with chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis is at an unprecedented high in the U.S. Um, the study, which was released last Wednesday, found that uh, chlamydia injection infections, I'm sorry, rose by 13 percent and gonorrhea infections rose by 6 percent mm-hmm. over the course of 2015, disproportionately affecting um, people under the age of 25. Mm-hmm. Uh, syphilis yeah. cases have also been steadily rising over the past 10 years at yeah. a whopping, this is, these are not my words, this is from the study, whopping 66.7 percent since 2011. Wow. So according to um, the heads of the CDC, 
they say our ability to prevent STDs is not is only as strong as the public health infrastructure to support it. So yeah. it's not that people aren't using condoms. What they're finding is the budget cuts to a lot of our clinical services is what's yeah. helping spur this rise. So right, right. STDs, oh y'all. Gosh. STDs. So I, I'm an HIV counselor, right? And don't be shy. Don't be shy. Raise your voice on that. my job. Like, like. At least every day, we have at least one person, and male or female, who comes in with symptoms, and you know the whole spiel on protected sex and blah blah blah, and you know offer them the rapid HIV test. But with HIV testing, you have to get tested again because next day you won't find out anything, or even the next week you won't find out anything, right? But this is like this is like literally my whole job. Like, it's <laughs> like guys, why aren't you using a condom? Do you want the shot in the butt? Because that shit really hurts, right? And, and I'll like give them the test after the shot, and they're like, "Oh my god, I'm in a lot of pain." And I'm like, "Did you just get the shot?" And they're like, "Mm-hmm." And I'm like, "Next time, you remember to use a condom because it is a lot less painful than getting that thing in the ass." Okay, oh, <laughs> like, oh, yes. It's not just that, but um, another thing I've noticed is, um, I think because birth control is more widely available now. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm on birth control. I don't need to use condoms. And they forget, like you said earlier, that STDs exist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Especially, yeah. I think, that's, that's because the STDs, STIs affect, disproportionately affect younger people, yeah. young adults, mm-hmm. teenagers. And that generation really doesn't have a lot of education yet around STIs and right. STD Just protection. We started and too stuff. late. Yeah, we started way right. too late. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and somebody who works with the college age population and does education about sexual health, I think that there's just a lot of misconception around how to protect yourself, around what to use, around how to use things, around um, stereotypes and, like, what STIs look like or what the symptoms are or how you can get it, get them. And, yeah, there's just so much just lack of knowledge that I think that's also contributing to... Exactly. In addition to condom use kind of going down. Right, right, right. um, Birth control use going up and thinking that people don't need to use... They're only... You know, I think when I talk to a college female, the worst thing that could ever happen to her is, like, getting pregnant, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I'm like, mm, getting pregnant, yes, that's probably that's not not good, mm-hmm. not ideal for a 19 or 20-year-old in the middle of undergrad. Right. But... There's a pill for that, too. There's though. a pill for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what about an uncurable STD? Yeah, mm-hmm. like You know, HIV. what about something that has a life-threatening, you know, has a fatality, like, tied to it? So, so the thing is... I feel like that's the problem. We focus on HIV AIDS. Mm. We don't focus on the big boys. Syphilis is a big boy. I'm like, syphilis is the one that will drive you crazy and still kill you. (laughs) We never talk about that. And the fact that, how about it's becoming resistant to penicillin? Like, how about that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that one, I don't want no super syph. Right. Super (laughs) syph. (laughs) Super (laughs) bug (laughs) gonorrhea. But it's like, it's beginning to happen and it's, it's really like, and so like, what I used to do is whenever I would have a patient who'd come in with like gonorrhea symptoms I'd be like so did you know and not in like a mean or condescending way just to be like listen you know like because I think the attitude for a lot of them for a lot of people can be like oh it's fine it's curable I'll take the shot or I'll get the pill give and me an antibiotic exactly mm-hmm. and I'll you know two two days later I'm gonna keep Do it doing again. the same thing because right. I know it's curable or whatever mm-hmm. so I'm just like it may not be in a couple of years and I mean in yeah. a couple of years not like oh next generation or next 10-20 years yeah. like, like in a couple in, 
in a it's couple good. years, you might, you know, you might be not be able to cure it with whatever you're taking right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's not a good thing. There's not that mm. many antibiotics out there. You know, there's only yeah. certain things that work for but certain things. can you, things. like, imagine a super sif? <laughs> super sif? Super sif? Okay, so right. you got the trademark. That's, that's, that's the trademark right here. Right here. Yeah. Super sif. Super sif. So super like, sif. That's true. Like, syphilis, like... I think you know we f- you, we do focus on gonorrhea, chlamydia, herpes, and you know that kind of stuff. And so, as my time as a counselor, I, I diagnosed five people positive for HIV. Right, two of them had syphilis, and each time I was, it's almost like we don't you know we don't think it exists anymore, but it clearly does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was surprising each time to me. I was like, oh my gosh, you also have syphilis, like. Like, where did it come from? But clearly it's out there. The same, that's yeah. the same place you got the other stuff. Right. <laughs> so it exists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the thing, I'm like, I get very, um, not touchy, but just, I, I try to try to do a lot of, like, inflection around STDs because when we think about the sheer number of people and we know that although people ages, I think it's 13 to 25 mm-hmm. make up, what is it? I think it's like 25% of our population yeah. when they make up 50% of STD SCDs, cases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I started thinking like, okay, the conversations are going to have to change in the future. And mm-hmm. I've had friends, you know, who have herpes or, you know, incurable diseases, treatable right. but incurable. And they'll say like, oh, I'm never going to meet anybody. And I'm like, but the num- the way that our, our society is, yeah. mm-hmm. that's chances just, right, that's just the <laughs> wrong attitude to have. Right, like, right. chances are you're going to meet, you're going to love, you're going to marry, Someone that exactly. has or have yeah. ha- or has an STD right, or has right, right. has had an STD. It's one and four, right? Yeah, it's yeah. one and four. And so yeah, it's exactly. like we can't necessarily have that same type. Of, I guess like in back in the day, it's like oh, this was what is this novel thing? But now right. it's like it's very common. no, it's so common. So, so it's common. like yeah. instead of especially among the aging population. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because um, today I was doing uh, a presentation with youth. Um, I'm a health educator, yeah. and I was asking them, why don't young people use condoms? Yeah. And a lot of times we're like, well, honestly, like, I've hit it raw a couple of times, <laughs> haven't had anything, yeah. so I think I'm okay. Right. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're going to talk about condoms yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about this issue. Yeah. And the other thing was, also, well, if I only have one partner, like, I don't have to worry about this. And right. I'm like, no, we're going to talk about, your like, has. your right, partners right. and your partner's partners. Like, right. yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's funny because then at the end of the presentation, they were like, well, how do we get condoms? Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yes! We'll give you right. condoms. There's clinics yeah. that have, like, free condoms. And then they're like... Yeah, but they only give like lifestyle. lifestyle. I don't want them. <laughs> That's yeah. a, and I'm like, guys, it's yeah, all like they're all the same. They're all the same. Just because children <laughs> they have marketing budget. <laughs> they all have to go through like FDA approved. Like yeah. They, yeah. they're the same thing. You're just buying brands, yeah. and they're like, and on top of that, okay. using something is better than nothing. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 yeah, and that's what I tell them, and they're just like. Okay, Miss Karen, like, you're right, you're right. Okay, I get <laughs> and it. And that's the thing, like, I feel you if you have a preference. Like, if that's what's going to motivate you to yeah. use whatever, fine. I will give yeah, you all your things. Exactly. Right. Yeah. As, long actually, as, exactly. as long as it fits, as long as it's not baggy. Right. right. My right. sixth graders out there who think they should be having maggots. I'm like, um, can you stop embarrassing yourself and put on this? <laughs> Put on a regular one. Put on a regular one. 
size fit most. Stop. Stop messing with me. And part of the condom presentation, like, I put the condom all over, like, my hand. Yeah. And I show them, like, guys, your penis is not this big. Karen, stop playing. I'm like, it's not. And the girls, like, just giggle. Yeah. Like, see, guys, one size fits all. Yeah. I also tell them, like, hey, if you really don't like a condom, Go and try it out with your partner. Say, right. hey, let's look at different condoms. Right. And then try exactly. it. Like, right. Yeah. Flavors. There's flavors. There's colors. Uh, it means Textures. Hot yeah. and cold exactly. and right. spicy. Yeah. <laughs> cold and spicy. Go <laughs> try some out. When people have choices, I think they're more motivated to like... That's what, So we, we uh, in the beginning, when I... Basically, I'm going to just talk about my work because it's like <laughs> my life, right? Yeah. But we only had lifestyles. Yeah. And we didn't have any magnums. We didn't have any... Fla- like, we had nothing. Just Damn. a simple you know Plain, lifestyles and like <laughs> just nothing. and then finally I was like can we holler at the health department and please get like cause there's varieties I know there yeah. are and they're free like why the fuck there's don't we have glow in the dark and there's so many we have glow in the dark but we have like textured and flavored and we yeah. got magnums and we got female condoms they have tuxedo they have thin they have thin ultra thin hello ribbed ribbed and we had, like, and, and and yeah. had yeah. ones with like tribal Her tattoo pleasure. designs god Tr- only so when I gave them choices, they were like, oh, can I get, like, a bunch of each to try out? And I was like, sure. And sure. I'll throw in some lube, throw in a female condom. <laughs> there are different kinds of lube. Right. You know. yeah. And they were like, Give them some tricks of the trade. Yeah, I'm like, it's gonna be a fun night. I'm like, how to make a dental day. I'm out of this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that makes it makes it more motivating. They'll experiment. They'll do it. They'll figure out what they like, and I think it keeps them safer. Yeah, and I think on top of like encouraging the condom use, I think since we're dealing with the numbers now, it's the like practicing the conversations because you know Mm -hmm. I could want to use condoms all I want, but then if I don't have the skills in my relationship or you know whoever I'm meeting to make them wear yeah, a condom like or to be able that. to be like hey I want you to put this on right then it's just I mean it's null and void and I think yeah. that's I feel like that's the biggest thing that we miss even as like sexual health educators yeah. we don't even yeah. have time I don't have time to sit there and practice right. with you especially right. I got one hour we got to move on to the next thing I don't have time right. to sit there with you but it's something that I'm constantly trying to incorporate right, like right, right. all right what words would you use yeah. to get in your own words you don't have to use what I'm using mm, right but right, right. in your own words how do you yeah. how would you say I want to use a condom or how would you say like I want this is the kind of word right, right, but how about when your hands are tied so like I was um, like what are you talking huh? about <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on that 50 I'm not on that I'm not I work with um, fifth and sixth graders, and yeah. I'm like a health smart coordinator. So I've been teaching sexual health mm-hmm. to you know fifth grade yeah. age, right, right, right. and I'm just like the fight that you have to have in order for right. other people to even recognize that actually it shouldn't be abstinence only. Mm. Actually, oh, yeah. I should teach them about this thing, yeah. that thing, and that other thing that yeah. you right. definitely don't <laughs> yeah, want yeah, yeah. to talk. Yeah. Like, right. They should know those things. I'm like, they're experimenting with their own bodies. They're right, experimenting yeah. with other people's bodies. I'm yeah. like, like, oh, but they're only 10. I'm like, and there was a pregnant 10-year-old. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, I need you to get your mind right. Yeah. Need, this needs to be taught from kindergarten. Yeah. This needs to yeah. be that so basic just good touch bad touch and building on it every year the first time they see a condom should not be when they're 16 because we're too late yeah yeah Yeah. especially when someone's just trying to whip it out on them and they don't know what it is yeah it's 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 a lot it's a lot and i just feel like especially to those whenever i'm teaching an std class for young for Mm -hmm. adults i always say um 
you know, it's you have to do what's best for you. Yeah. You have to do the mm. safest thing. So, right. and for me, it's like a harm reduction approach. All right, so you don't you don't want to <laughs> use condoms this time. How, can we get you to use it every other time? Can we get you to use it with the weekend man? Right. And right. okay, your weekday man. You ain't got like yep. what is it going to take? <laughs> to yeah. be safe. Man, what's your side? <laughs> <laughs> your side man. Like you know, let's talk about that. And so it's just it's it's really going to become it's it's a mainstream conversation we have to have, and yeah. it's a mainstream yeah. conversation that I feel like a lot of us who are infected have been infected, mm. what have you just are scared to have even though right. the stats are telling you otherwise. Right. So we kind of yeah. have to just shift the conversation, just get people to be like, listen. Yeah. Normalize yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Right. We need yeah. to get rid of it. It's, right. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, just, and, it's, and it's not the end of your life. No. Yeah. You take yeah. your treatment, you exactly. live a healthy life, we're yeah. going to be all right. But we also, like, I feel like when we talk about STDs and condoms, I'm like, I feel like sometimes we forget to talk about pleasure. Ooh, and we yes. don't want to talk about it. Mm. So I went to the Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit mm-hmm. and I, there was a panel on, like, you know, uh, safe sex. I was like, I'm all about the safe sex. Yeah. And they brought this point up, and I was like, it's so true. Yeah. Always like condoms. You you know you should wear it. You have to wear it. STDs. All this scary prevent, stuff prevent, out there. Prevent. Your penis will get infected if you don't do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know? fall out. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. But like we like we don't we forget that like sex you know is, is the between, reason why between the the person or the people that it's happening with. Yeah. We're we're just good. telling you know we're telling someone else how to have sex. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, we're educators, so that is our role. Yeah. But, like, you know, th- if they don't listen to us, we shouldn't be like, oh, my God, like, you're so stupid. Like, how could you come back again with an STD? It's it's very personal, <laughs> right? I want to feel good, and exactly. you don't tell me how to make this kind right. of feel good. I feel like we, should, like, we, we always, like, should keep in mind as educators that, like, when we talk about condoms and stuff, we should... Talk about it in a pleasurable way. Yeah. And be like, yeah. Well, this Definitely. could enhance your whatever, whatever. You know, yes. this could try this, try that. Like, yeah. have you this, seen will, this will only help. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the video? It's it's kind of a uh, awkward cartoon <laughs> <laughs> for the 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 FC two. No. Yeah. No, so it. it's like an instructional. Tell us, video. tell us what the FC two okay. is for those who it's don't know. It's a female <laughs> condom. Woo, um, second version. So it's a nitro <laughs> material yeah. feels better. Yeah than the polyurethane material mm. that it was before. Um, so it looks a little, the packaging's a little bit different. So yeah. internal condom, female condom, whichever you prefer um, to call it by. But there's like an uh, an animated, like, instructional video. Mm. And um, the, the they talk about how you can use the, the female condom mm. as, as, like, foreplay. Right, or like right, you can, right. you know, that the uh, the out the external ring can rub against the clitoris yes. and make pleasure, you know, make sex more pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Right, they right, really right. emphasize the pleasure, the pleasure part, part during that yeah. instructional video. I love that. Yeah. So I love that. Because that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone yeah. is not having sex to make babies. Right. With the male condom, um, we had like a training bag bag yeah. and they talked about like Putting it on with your mouth. Yes. Like it's yeah. part of foreplay. Yeah. So right. it's something you gotta that I told you. Don't make it with your teeth. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's something that I always tell my friends, because uh, as a health educator, and I'm talking to you, there's yeah. certain things that I can't tell them. But yeah. obviously right. to my close friends, I'm like... Okay, what can I get you to use a condom? How about like using it with your mouth? And right. I tell them obviously, don't use your teeth. Like, yeah, you gotta do it. <laughs> and they're like, oh my god, I tried it with whoever they had sex with yeah. that time, and they're like, 
It was amazing. Right. I love it. We're gonna yeah. do it every time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I told you to relax that throat, girl. Like. <laughs> But you're right. It's part of pleasure. And, yeah. Uh, That's such a good be. point. That's yeah. such a good point. We got work to do, y'all. Because <laughs> basically what it comes down to, we got so much work to do. And, yes, I have uh, condoms in my candy bowl when you come to my house. So anybody who comes over, um, we we put, the, I, I you know, they're there. For <laughs> All right. So we... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are you all ready to delve into our topic? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So, like I said, our topic today mm-hmm. is cultural upbringings and sex, and the show topic was suggested. Shout out to Kat. Shout out to Mickey, who's here. Uh, Kat lives in New York, so she <laughs> so she couldn't be here, but um, I wanted to have this show because this, this um, conversation around sexual taboos and myths and where they come mm. from... Um, started really um, started really popping up for listeners, and so I wanted to have a show, which is why I have everyone here to really talk about um, pervasive myths and how can we undo those things, especially as women of the world in 2016. Yeah. How, how do you undo some of the things that we're taught? So I tried to get a representative from every at least every cut. I tried to get the continent, the <laughs> continents, um, as much as I could, um, to really discuss like where each of us are getting our 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 sex talks from, or if we're having sex talks, and right. how do we work through some of the cultural taboos or myths that, or mm-hmm. our own upbringings that we've that that are so ingrained in us. So. Before we delve into that, I realized that we didn't talk about who's who and who does what. So I'm going to go around. Tanya, tell us who you are and what you do. All right. And tell us your cultural background as well. I'm Tanya. I'm from India. Um, I moved here when I was 10, so I've spent most of my life here. Oh, wow. But I was born in India. um, And I um, have my master's in reproductive biology. And I'm a certified HIV counselor. And I've been working um, on a project that's completely exactly related to um, our topic today, which is um, creating like a safe space for South Asian youth to talk about reproductive health, sexual health, LGBTQ, LGBTQ issues, mental health, um, sexuality, kind of all topics that are very either taboo or just completely ignored in our society. What's the name of your project? But, don't be, don't uh, be shy. South Asian Sexual Health Alliance. Ooh, awesome. <laughs> or awesome. Sasha for short. It, um, <laughs> it was our first kind of working name. It may change over time. Who knows? Um, but it, it's small right now, and uh, we just, I'll talk about it more yeah. as we, um, you know, delve into it. But um, that's kind of what I do when I volunteer with other reproductive health organizations, and I'm trying to kind of, you know, get into the role of like formally knowing more about sex education and becoming a proper educator. All right. We're getting, getting there. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm Mickey. Um, I am a health educator and I've been working primarily with the college age population for over eight years now. Um, I was out, out in Baltimore uh, previously and now I'm in the DC area. All right. Yeah. Um, so I work on a whole bunch of different health topics that affect college students, but sexual health is definitely my favorite awesome. to talk with, uh, to talk about with college students. Hey. So, and my cultural background, 
Uh, I'm a big mutt, but my, <laughs> my mom, to make it simple, my mom is um, from Thailand. She was born and raised there, but she's half white. Mm. And my dad's from India. Got it. So, but I was oh. raised by my mom and my Thai grandmother. So, so, that I, so yes. I'll be speaking from that side. All right. So, All right. Got it. Awesome. Hi, uh, my name is Karen. I am a bilingual community health educator for Planned Parenthood. Um, I primarily speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> I am from Mexico. I was born there. Um, came here when I was seven. Um, and my culture, I've been in Planned Parenthood since I was six, 16. Like, mm. I'm a Planned Parenthood baby. Um, <laughs> so when it came to sex education, it's definitely been a little weird because it's been, like, my mom telling me this, but then I'm me saying, like, but, but, I, know I'm going to something else. <laughs> so, you know, it's always been kind of, like, a tug-of-war with, like, my cultural, with my culture yeah. and also knowing what's there, mm-hmm. the facts. Um, I work with um, the Latino community. Right now I'm working on a project called um, Juntas or Together, which is a mother-daughter program. Mm-hmm. And I facilitate the Spanish um, version. So we have one that's for black women and their daughters, and then one for Latinas um, their and mothers and their daughters. Um, and it's basically just a program to kind of have that communication, kind of like the mm-hmm. communication that I was lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that a lot of girls either were born here and they have a different culture than what mm-hmm. their mothers feel. Mm-hmm. So we kind of want to bring that communication <laughs> back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, like I mentioned, like it's been kind of like me juggling both cultures. So I kind of want to find that happy medium. So right. that's what I've been doing yeah. for the past uh, two years. Awesome. <laughs> right. Welcome. Um, I'm Donna. Hey. And I am... I'm a well-being counselor, firstly. So I'm a, I'm a clinical social worker for in Maryland and D.C. I work in a school currently, so I'm also the Health Smart Coordinator. Oh, boy. In addition to All the caseload that I have. Yes, I am a hat-wearing diva. <laughs> and, um, and the thing is, I'm now starting to bring in, um, we started a social justice group at the school okay. that I work at called Race at Where We Are. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say where I am. <laughs> and <laughs> so basically bringing that social justice piece, mm-hmm. that race piece, into the sexuality piece, yeah. into the mental health piece. Yeah. And I mean, my dissertation was on black women and natural hair and how that sexuality is impacted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, awesome. talking about yeah. the various different yeah. little parts of it all. Yes. And of course, now I also have my own practice that I'm working on. So it's when I say that I wear too many hats, a lot of hats. Yeah, I got but one head. <laughs> so many hats. But I'm bringing in the Nigerian American perspective. Um, both my parents are Nigerian. Both were born and raised in Nigeria. Both decided that they were going to leave Nigeria together. They decided to live in Belgium of all places. Wow. <laughs> and I'm not really sure what made them come the rest of the way because they both talk about <laughs> Europe like it's the best thing that ever happened yeah. to life. Yeah. Like, oh, the chocolate is better. <laughs> the food is better. The people are better. That's so funny. <laughs> but meanwhile, we're here. <laughs> so I grew up with, in the home, it was very Nigerian, very... Mm. 
you know, you do what you're, yeah. you're told. And then we went to a Nigerian church. And then I had some of those same Nigerian people mm. in my elementary school. So it was sort of like Nigeria all day. Then it was this outside that bubble thing. So mm. I started be I started almost splitting who I was because it was like, well, I'm Donna with my American people and I'm Dayo with my Nigerian food. <laughs> so it got, it got like all jiggy messed up. So I got like two whole different sets of sexuality yeah, information. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yes. Alright, so, oh, hi. I'm Vanessa. And um, so my, what I mean, I, I'm a sexual health educator, reside in West Baltimore. Um, and my cultural background is both of my parents are from Haiti and, you know, first generation here. And so same thing. I'm Vanessa at home and Vanessa <laughs> with, with everybody else I know. And yeah, I mean, this this topic means so much because it's the same kind of things that we're all talking about. Exactly. You are trying to assimilate to, you know, the friends that you're making here, but then still, you know, show that you're not mm -hmm. too, too American because they didn't, come, they didn't come here for you to be American. They came here for you to go to school. They came <laughs> here for you to get your education. Go to be a doctor or a lawyer. They came here for you to be a lawyer, which I was not. They came here to be a doctor, which um, that, that, that junior year of microbiology is where I stopped. So my mom stopped talking to me for a while. So it's just like navigating all of those things because yeah. I feel like in my Haitian culture there's no there's no uh, passion it's like um, you trying to survive or you trying to do what makes do you, you feel happy right. <laughs> <laughs> so even now like my parents it's funny when we're talking about our work which we'll get into but even now my mom's like she's proud like my parents are proud and it's funny because like they don't tell me that they're proud mm. they'll tell everyone Everybody else exactly and then yeah, to exactly. me my dad's like you know there's still time for you to become a lawyer like, <laughs> <laughs> right but there's something called interest and passion in that and I'm not particularly I didn't come here for you to have passion exactly <laughs> my mom is like bored what does bored mean and I'm like yeah but I would be bored at law school my mom's like I don't, school baby I, don't know. Right, right. I don't know what that word, I don't know what that means. So it's, I think it's, I think this show topic is so important and exciting. And it, I mean, I think for all the immigrant kids out there, it helps us with that, with that, just that common bond that we have mm -hmm. as far as like, yeah, yeah, I could date, but not, I can't, I can't. I can't date. So yeah. it's like, yeah. you can't go out? No, I can't go out because... My parents told me so. I can't. Like, so it's just that whole life of navigating those things. And even now being a married, a woman, adult on my own, I still have a lot of those like cultural yeah. things because now it's, yeah. it's a part of you. And as you get yeah. older, I feel like we embrace it more. But those <laughs> teenage... Oh boy, those teenage years. Uh, All right. So how does your culture, I'm sorry... Um, approach topics of sex and sexuality and how did you find out about sex and sexuality? I'm going to start off with Karen. <laughs> um, so my older brother, he actually became a teen dad um, when he was uh, 17. Um, and then the following year, he had another kid. So I have two nieces. Um, so when my brother came home with his pregnant girlfriend, my mom was like, so we're going to have to have the talk. Um, 
now. Don't have sex. <laughs> yeah. She was like, basically, don't have sex. Wait until you're married. A man will want a virgin, so that's what you have to do. Oh. Um, so you will not have sex at all. And then when I got into Planned Parenthood and they kind of found out, like, what it was, they were like, you're, you're still not having sex, right? I'm like, no, not at all. And then once I graduated high school, it was like, you're still not having sex, right? I'm like, right, no, right. not at all. Okay, like, talking because, to you. Yeah, they're like, well, you can work there, you can promote, like, safe sex, but, you know, like, you should wait until marriage because, right, right, you know, right. like, I want you to dress in white to your wedding, and that's what I want. Oh, Lord. Oh, and I was like, oh, 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 oh my God. Okay. Wow. <laughs> they went there. Yeah, they did. Um, and actually, curious story was that uh, three years ago, I found out that my older brother was actually born way before my parent, my parents mm-hmm. got oh, married. Okay. So my brother's birthday is in <laughs> October. Tell <laughs> <laughs> And um, they got married in December. That's so funny. It's the okay. same year he was born. Um, and when I kind of like told my mom about it, I'm like, who are these, you know, wedding picture? Like, this, this is my brother, right? Yeah. No, it's not. Like, it's not. They will deny that to they the They did end. deny it um, <laughs> until like a few years, um, maybe like two, three years yeah. ago. They were like, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, what color did she wear? <laughs> okay, <laughs> because she denied that I wore white. <laughs> um, and the only reason the conversation actually came up was because then I was in a committed relationship and yeah. I actually brought him home and I dated this guy. Well, I was with him for two years mm-hmm. and then that's when they realized, like, okay, maybe she isn't having sex and maybe, like, I'll now, like... The picture, like, I'll admit that it's not, you know, like, mm. just a, ki- a kid I was carrying. Right, right. I right. can't with that. So I was just like, <laughs> just I was like, kid. oh my God, I was like, I mother, like, oh mother. Like, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Wow. And that's, that's it. That's yeah. it. That's all the conversation we had. Oh mm. my gosh. That's it. Oh my gosh. Wow. Tanya, how uh, <laughs> how does your culture view sex? And how did you um, find out about sex? So, okay, so... Literally the night before I flew to this country for the first time, I was nine, almost ten, right? One of my cousins told me what sex was. And I was like a naive nine-year-old. I was like, people get naked? That's so nasty! That was like, she just like told me like what happens when you have sex. And I was like, that's just weird. Why would you ever, you know, so that was the first time finding out. And obviously as you get older, you know, health classes and all that. And like, but I feel like I didn't, you know, up until I think I started my master's, it was just, like, sex, you know? It wasn't, like, sexuality or pleasure Mm. or, like, none of that, like, I think that and then, you know, working at Planned Parenthood and it all kind of, the pieces started coming together, uh, coming together about what sex actually is, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just, like, something you do to create babies and it's, you know, it's pleasure and and there's so many dynamics to it and, you know, of course, the other other part of it, reproductive health, sexual health, um, and everything else coming together. And so that's kind of, you know, my, how I came about my own definition of it. Mm. But in my culture, we don't talk about it. We really Mm. don't. And, like, it's just like, I think, other immigrant cultures, it's very... You're expected to be a virgin when you get married. Mm-hmm. Um, you're expected to, you know, keep everything together and pure and fresh and clean <laughs> until, you know, until, and you're. it's like you only have the right to have sex once you're married. And especially, I think, as, as a girl, 
that expectation is very like iron like oh, you yeah. have to you know but like mm-hmm. no one tells like boys come on I, you know no one tells Say boys like okay. hey, hey you have a <laughs> are you having sex are you sleeping with her or like like even to the point where like wow. not saying every family but like mm-hmm. you know when two families come together and like you know marriage is on the on the line or whatever you know People will ask, like, oh, have you had boyfriends in the past? Or, like, with the implication, like, have you had sex in the past? And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Can't be asking me all that stuff. You know, that's 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 between me and whoever I'm married, right? Like, so it's like, I have so many feelings. I could talk for, like, <laughs> <laughs> I could talk for days. Meanwhile, my yeah. face is just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very, like, you know, we don't talk about it. It's very taboo. Yeah. And, but the ex, the only thing that's, the only thing that's said to you is the expectation but and then once you're married, for the most part, you should be having kids and all that. Mm-hmm. But no one teaches you how to have sex that's pleasurable and consensual. Nobody cares if you're good at it. Yeah, either. exactly. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> oh great, you're pregnant. That's wonderful. Okay, when is the next one coming? You know, and yeah. uh, okay, and yeah. not everybody. You know, like mm-hmm. things of are course. progressing. Yeah, but overwhelmingly, and it's a hard attitude to change. And I think that's where the biggest challenge is. For sure. So yeah. yeah. yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> I believe the conversation when I got my first menses was don't get pregnant. <laughs> Didn't know how. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, okay. Sure. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> just won't. But seriously, like among Nigerian girls, like number one, it's a taboo. So yeah. <laughs> again, it's like that yeah. thing that you don't talk about. We're not talking about right, having right, sex. Right. Yeah. It's don't do it. Don't have it. Until you're married, and you're not eligible to be married until after you have your first degree, mm. and yeah. maybe he's a doctor or a lawyer <laughs> or an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even on top of that, it was—I mean—the way that it all sort of comes about. Like, I know women that disappeared. Mm. Oh my god! So gosh. it's like That's scary. she, like, hey, where'd she go? Right. Like, oh, they, she went to basketball camp. Okay. Pause. It's winter. <laughs> like, what sort of basketball camp? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, she went to go out and visit her her auntie. Really? In the middle of the school year? <laughs> Mommy, right. you'll never take me nowhere. <laughs> but seriously, like yeah. these these women, these yeah. girls, they disappear, and sometimes you see them again, and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But usually they come back around when they finally do. It's oh, this one has a a, a young cousin. Or uh, a baby sister or brother. Uh, and it's right, like, right, right, dang, right. I didn't yeah. know your parents were still. They still make it baby. Good for y'all. But it's like, when I say they disappear, I mean, they're there one Sunday and they're not there. And you don't know what happened. Yeah. All you know is that they ain't there. So, I mean... Yeah, that, yeah. That, the conversation is that we don't have one. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. exactly. Um, so, <laughs> how, how I found out about sex. Um, so, I think growing up, I was pretty naive um, because it wasn't talked about at all, mm-hmm. right? So, it just there was no acknowledgement about sex in general, like as a, a in, you know, elementary school mm-hmm. and things. And, you know, we learned about our periods and that kind of stuff in fifth grade, but nothing really else past that. And so... Um, and I grew up with my mom and my grandmother, and so even, and two sisters, and I'm the oldest of three girls, and mm-hmm. so, like, really, you know, female-dominated household, mm-hmm. um, but we never talked about that when I was growing up, and I remember in 
I moved a lot and I didn't have that great self-esteem growing up and so I uh, was bullied here and there and I think in seventh grade I went to a new school and one of the girls asked me are you a virgin and mm -hmm. I didn't know what that meant and so I thought it was a bad thing and I said no and they, the whole class, like, erupted. Like, they just, like, lost it. And they're like, oh, my God, did it hurt the first time? And I didn't know what they meant. And I said, did what hurt? And then they started laughing, and they were like, honey, let me explain what a virgin is to you, and blah, 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 blah. And so that, like, mortified me, right? I was, yeah. what, 11, 12 years old? Mortified. And so I got interested in learning then more about sex. Not because I wanted to, like, prove myself or whatever, but mm. just because I was like, what is this thing that everybody keeps talking about? Right. Like, I hear the, the word virgin, and I have no idea what it means. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? You're supposed to keep your virginity, but I don't know what that means. Mm. Like, you know, what, why, is it, why is it bad if you don't have virginity? Yeah, I didn't really know. And then I think... Un like how we talked about earlier, I think by the time I needed to know, it was too late. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just, I think, and just like how you were saying with your culture, mm. um, with my culture in Thailand, I had a Thai wedding ceremony, right, with my husband, and we, um, this was prior to our, our Western ceremony, um, and I remember, you know, again, no conversation about sex, like, obviously they knew I was having sex before marriage and this kind of stuff, you know, and stuff, but they didn't really acknowledge it in any way. Yeah, at the Thai wedding ceremony at my mother's house, um, all of my mother's friends and my grandmother's friends are there, and they do the water anointment and everything, all this kind of stuff, and it was beautiful, and it was really fun, and then my grandma we call her yai because that means grandma in thai yeah. and she's a hoot like yeah. all my friends are like oh yai she's hilarious um and she goes we finalized it we like we're officially married and she goes okay go downstairs make babies <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it was like done was like, right, baby making time <laughs> and i'm just like what, no instructions <laughs> Like, don't talk about it at all yeah. to like, okay, why aren't you pregnant yet? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, wow. you know, I know. Yeah, and every mm -hmm. single time I see my mom's friends or like somebody else, you know, from home, it's like, oh, you were, you know, no babies yet? And it's like, no, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand the concept of waiting on that one. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is great. You want to be like, like my entire me. life, and now you don't want me to wait at all. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I mean, yeah, Haitian culture. I have not met one Haitian kid that's like, yeah, my, my parents sat down with me and we talked about it. So <laughs> very, like, just very taboo. But it's funny because when a sibling or somebody comes home with a baby, it's like, oh, yeah, that person had a baby. And it's like, wait, I didn't know it was an option for us to be having sex again. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, and it's just so, like, ridiculous. And it's well, how funny. did that happen? Right. right. And it's so funny to me because it's like, I'll have older cousins, like, older cousins, maybe late 30s, early 40s, who are, like, having children and not married. And I'll, my mom is like, good for her. And I'm like... But girl, you just told everybody that they needed right. to get married. Right. Why is it acceptable now? She's like, you can't wait too long. Sometimes you just need that baby. And I'm like, wait, what kind of contradictory ass messages yeah, are y'all sending right? about like one, like marriage is valued, but then it's like, 
well, girl, if nobody's going to marry you, you might as well <laughs> have, have, have a baby. Have this baby. And it's like, I don't, I get confused. But yeah, sex, sex, sexuality was not anything that I grew up remotely talking about with my parents. I was very conscious of it. I mean, like, <laughs> there were penthouse magazines that I saw, like Playboys, mm, things yeah. I saw. So I knew, like, it existed. And I mean, as through elementary school, we had uh, our uh, family life education, and it was very like, here's a man's body, here's a woman's yeah. body, yeah. Yeah. these are the body parts. But I don't ever remember just even like a good puberty talk or a good just hey, things are going to be happening in your bo- like to your body, in your body, and like mm. it's perfectly normal and natural, and everything's fine. It was just kind of like, all right, you guys know what this is. Mm-hmm. Now, carry on. <laughs> so that was fifth grade yeah. and never talked about it again. And then yeah. I went to an all-girls Catholic high school and... Oh, they're trying to keep you. Oh, <laughs> yes, girl, yes. And so I remember sophomore year, I had an awesome teacher, and I'm not going to shout out home because... <laughs> I'm going to keep professional, but <laughs> awesome religion teacher, sophomore year, and, like, sophomore year was, like, church history, and we got into the talk about virginity, and uh, my teacher was from the Philippines, and she said, you know, ladies, when you feel the urge, when you get older, you just pray it away, and it will leave you, and I was like, wait a second, I'm sorry, wait, <laughs> Ur- like, sexual that. urges, you pray them away, <laughs> yeah. and so I raised my hand, and of course, like, the whole class knew then I was like the sex person because I was like let me get this right you've waited we're supposed to wait we finally get married and even when you're married you're supposed to pray it away and she's like yes because if you don't want to have babies then you don't have sex and I was like oh girl this is not this is not my kind of party I can't do this like you're telling us to wait and I'm here with you girl I'm here I'm waiting I'm with it but when I'm married, we're going to do it all the time. Like, don't you dare tell me I'm praying away. Like, what is this? So, like, that kind of started for me. And I knew that I started, I, I, I mean, I started reading up on things. And I became the person at the lunch table telling everyone about, like, their anatomy. Like, I remember distinctly the conversation at lunch table about, like, do you have two holes down there, one hole, three holes? Like, nobody really knew. So I was the person, like moving all the Pepsi bottles to arrange them to show females anatomy. And I remember distinctly in 12th grade, we had morality and morality was where it was like, all right, you're about to go to college. We're going to lock it down. This is your last talk. Right. It's about to go down. And they had a nurse and I have quotes up. Nurse came in and she said that couples that use birth control or condoms are going to break up within five years. Like condoms don't work, and you know, right? Like, and just just brought up all of these things, and I was like, oh right, okay, okay, I'm taking notes. Don't use those things. So I get to College Park's campus. Me and Mickey (laughs) went to the same college, and I meet my now husband. And I we were we were friends at the time, and I was like, you know what? When I have sex, I'm never using condoms because you know they don't work. And he just gave me the most horrifying. He's just like, who hurt you? Like who told you? Would you say that? And right, I was like, they just don't work. So like when I'm ready, like I'm just never using those things. And he was just like, just please don't say that loud for anyone to hear you again. And he's coming from a place where like his mother talked to him about sex. Like they had like. Mm 
very open relationship and so I had no I was like no you don't know what you're talking about like this is just so <laughs> crazy and so it took me a while who taught me like why would they have this nurse come in if she didn't know what she was talking about like yeah. of course when nobody's using condoms like they're ridiculous and so, make you break up right and I, be together <laughs> and I remember like the time when I really learned about sex I was watching this HBO show uh so food and there is a couple there was a scene where like the husband comes home and he like jumps on top of his wife and I called my best friend at the time and I was like girl they are showing rape on television and she was like what 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 kind of show what is this so she's like tell me what channels on so I tell her and she's watching and she was like Vanessa that's how people have sex and I was like that is terrible that does not look like sex drilling into her that is terrible and she was like how did you think it happened and i was like well you know like the way that the soap operas do you put oh, some yeah. candles and some roses you lay on top right you lay on top of the person and then that's it and she was like with no movement and i was like they don't move in the soap operas. And I knew all the soap operas because, like, my parents <laughs> love watching all my children. So I was like, yeah, that's it. Candles yeah. all the time. And she was like, oh, girl, like, oh, this boy. is terrible. And so it was, like, from those conversations, I was like, I don't know. I don't know any. Like, this was, it was just blowing my mind how much I did not know. Yeah. But then in retrospect, when I think about it, and the reason why I do the work I do now is because I feel like, conversations around sexuality kind of set up the just to kind of set up the, the the platform for all other conversations you're going to have for the rest of your life conversations around <clears> self-esteem <throat> conversations mm. about just knowing your body it does not have to be the sex part it right. could just it's literally like your body is normal what's down here is normal everything right. about you is great right getting to know yourself even about conversations around healthy relationships mm -hmm. yeah. that's yeah. all encompassed in the sex talk too exactly. and so to think when i think about when i think about abusive relationships and i've asked my mom this before i'm like why didn't you ever talk to us about this and she's like because you should know how people should treat you and i'm like right but do you think uh -huh. people who are in abusive relationships just thought like yes this is the way people should treat me no yeah. no yeah. one who's having a conversation with people to just Thank say like yeah. This is basic Please respect. Say it again. Right. <laughs> the same way that you would teach somebody math. Like, oh, you, you should already know your arithmetic. Right. You've got no. ten fingers and you've got ten toes. What do right. you mean you don't know arithmetic? Right. All these letters around this house you can't read. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, you should already know how to read this letter. Yeah. I'm like, you have a body. You yeah. should already know how to have sex and how to respect sense. it. No. It's, that's yeah, not how it works. How Just it like works. we teach yeah. the implicit things yeah. very explicitly, yeah. this needs to be talk right. very explicitly right. like really this these age. are your toes <laughs> this is your knee yeah this is your vulva yeah i mean yeah. it should yeah. be as simple as that yeah right. but it's not it's we, not. we because people are scared of it we will never mm. teach it right yeah. And I mean, we really need to get past this already because I'm clearly those STD <laughs> rates are just yeah. going yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. And guys, I thought you needed candles and <laughs> roses, and roses. Like, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so that is a fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Don't knock them over. <laughs> so yeah, it's I mean, just, this, yeah. it's 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 so it's so important, and it's probably why I like love doing this work because to see the light bulbs going off in people's minds, yeah. and then when you're talking to people who've never had this type of chat before, and to mm. reel people back, mm-hmm. like things such as even just sexual harassment, like these are all under that right. umbrella that we're just not talking about, and then we wonder why certain things happen, or we wonder and. I mean, like this rape pa- and rape culture, right? And yeah. this panel's all women, but like, I'm interested to hear. Like, I mean, from the thing, I don't have any brothers, but I know that from from my cousins, s- the sex thing is always really lax, or like them being out at night is really <clears throat> lax. Whereas, like yeah. me, I was still in like 18, 19 years old in college, and my mom was like, "Okay, you don't want to be home at 10 o'clock? We'll see what happens." And it's like, <laughs> but I'm at. I am studying. I am. I am studying on this campus. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? And my mom's like, "Oh, oh you want to play these because games?" You were away at college. Right. Right. She was like, "Oh, you want to play these games?" That like, <laughs> yo, it's eight o'clock. Where are you? <laughs> in my room. Right. And on my way. In a room. In a room. <laughs> just hey, what's hanging out? Um, so you know, it's just it's things like that where it's like I'm kind of curious about like the the gender dynamics too because it always mm. seems like when it comes to conversations about sex and boys or just even just even mm. if they're not having a conversation with boys just like the lax like oh he's out at two o'clock in the morning well what do you think he is like what do you think Neither he's he doing, doing. Yeah. Right. and he's not coming home how come no one's calling him up like mm. why aren't y'all on his case but so you're blowing up my phone. <laughs> immigrant mm-hmm. parents one right. more point? yeah think, oh my gosh also another thing that might be a common experience for first generation uh, people and and immigrants um, is that because our families don't talk about this topic, we rely, we we grow up on the media. Yes. Yes. And because of that, it's just like, oh my God, the myths and the, you know, the perpetuation of false information. I knew what sex was because of Cinemax and the dogs. (laughs) 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 Because of magazines and because of like, you know, TV and movies and that kind of stuff, but that doesn't really depict real life. So so when when our generation Generation, when those people get to college or yeah. get to high school and start actually having sex, yeah. all and this they look at those candles and all this <laughs> yeah. false information is influencing yeah. what their behavior is like right, because right. they've learned it from TV yeah. and not from an actual conversation yeah. right, with right. their parents, right? right? And you so, know, yeah. TV didn't use any condoms, no. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you yeah. never right. saw right. one, yeah. Yeah. and they no one ever gets sick, there. no one accidentally gets pregnant. You right. just you lay there with the candles around, and the rose petals. Romantic thing that's ever happened. Exactly. And you don't know exactly what's happening, but yeah. you know that there are certain things that are needed. Right. He has to say, I love you. <laughs> yes. yes. It has yeah. to be a one boy, yeah. one girl. Right. Right. And sometimes there's a car involved, but not usually. Yeah. <laughs> or like that uh, Family Matters with Steve Urkel when he kissed Laura and then she just gets pregnant. Like, that's <laughs> getting the shit out of me when I was a kid. sexuality like you were saying to one boy and one girl I don't think I realized that they were gay Haitian folks until like the last like five years like it just mm. it Please, never still no gay Nigerian people <laughs> <laughs> it just never crossed like that has yeah, never right. been
in the yeah. like so much so that like my like when, whenever I'm talking to certain people like certain people in my family they'll be like you know the gays and I'm like they're not a baseball team <laughs> <laughs> they're not a baseball team it's like right and so to like think like Donald Trump up in there right exactly right so to <laughs> think like to think that we have like LGBT folks in our communities yeah, we who do. just yeah. are not like how, I want the, even then like how are their parents talking to them because it's right. like yeah. well in Nigeria we know how that conversation is going oh. it's illegal yeah, yeah. right and I'm just it like and then think about like from the city to the small townships right. to the small villages yeah. yes I did say villages mm-hmm. yeah in those villages it's like okay Sometimes people are getting stoned yeah. for being gay, yeah. for for not yeah. um, not representing their sex yeah. in the proper way. Yeah. So a woman should be a woman and a man should, should be, be a man. man. Right. Yeah. But the thing is that, and it's so funny because all these things come with colonization. Sorry, yeah, don't. I know that people <laughs> people's feelings get hurt, but yes, colonization. Because I yeah. mean, we had our own thing. We had our, uh, I guess yeah. you can call them pagan gods and goddesses yeah and the one that everybody and their mama is talking about these days because of beyonce yeah is oshun yeah mm-hmm. and i'm just like oshun is the the goddess in yellow she's joy she's happiness yeah. she's sexuality yeah mm-hmm. and her sexuality is fluid yeah her sexuality mm-hmm. is from she wears it from the top of her head to the toes yeah and i'm just like we completely dismiss sexuality yeah, and oceanality is a whole thing. Yeah. Shout out to Zuleika Clark yeah. on that one. <laughs> but it's just like the idea that somehow you're impure if you have sex too early, if you're not in a one-man, one-woman relationship, mm-hmm. if you don't act as a woman should act. Yeah. Because you know how many times I've been yeah. told I'm never going to get a husband? Like, oh, your mouth is too much. You talk too much. <laughs> you don't know how to clean properly. <laughs> um, oh, well, you... you you, you cannot say that kind of thing to a man. I mean, it's just <laughs> the, like the constant yes. thing. Like, right, right. what it means to be a woman is to be submissive, to right. be silent, yeah. to be a virgin, yeah. to look like sex but not have sex. But not to yes. look too much like sex right, because right, your right. parents didn't raise you that yeah, way. Exactly. Okay, So it's exactly. like you have yeah. to meet everybody's expectations all the time. It's a, me- it's a wonder own. that no one's yeah. head has exploded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. What you said about you know Oshun, and I don't know a lot about that, but it brought up something. Um, so uh, right now, homosexuality is illegal in India. It, yeah. it was not a couple years ago. It's an old British, like you said, colonization <laughs> British law uh, that included bestiality with it, which I think should be illegal, right? So it's like, okay, great, that's illegal, but homosexuality is lumped into that. So sodomy basically is lumped mm-hmm. into that. So that now, right, makes a, a pretty big population of India illegal to do anything that they do, right? To engage in any sex act that's to with live another, their life. Yeah. To mm-hmm. live their life, yeah. right? And yeah. do whatever they're doing behind closed doors, not in public on the street, mind you, you know, behind closed doors. Anyway, it's illegal. And um, if you look at uh, some of the temples in India, old temples, um, I think it's called the Kajurao Temple. The temple is adorned with sculptures. I mean, hundreds of them showing very explicit sex acts, okay? And it's a temple. It was mm. worshipped back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, poses from the Kama Sutra and things like that. And we have the Kama Sutra, right? <laughs> and you yes. know what's funny? Okay, first, first the temple, then I'll get to the Kama Sutra. <laughs> but the temple, like, it shows bestiality. It shows, like, basically orgies. 
you know, threesomes, multiples, men, women, everything, yeah. mm-hmm. everyone in every explicit way, yeah. you know, that you could imagine. And, like, it's a World Heritage Site, right? So there's I'll that. Be there right. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the Kama Sutra, which people have the misconception it's only about sex. I recently found out it's actually not. It's a text on how to live your life fulfillingly. Mm. And sex is a part of that. That I was like, that changes yeah. everything. Like <laughs> Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Sex is right, right there at the bottom. Exactly. Of the yeah. And so it shows you how to have fulfilling sex. And that's why all the positions and all the stuff, right? All the instructions and all that. So I'm like, that's even better, right? Wow. It's not like we have, we have a manual on sex. Yeah, we do. But like, it's not just like, oh, here's this lewd, like explicit erotic book it's like here's how to live a great life and sex is a part of it here's how you do it right? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I'm like how come then we don't talk about it we invented this shit right oh my gosh so I wanted to move on to do you remember any myths beliefs or superstitions that your family or upbringing perpetuate about your vagina mm. sex or sexuality <laughs> Um, and then what did you do when you realized it wasn't true? <laughs> yes. Um, so, okay. So this is, I love my mom. There's no, I don't fault my mom for perpetuating of this course. at all. Mm-hmm. I think it goes down to just not having the education and for how she was raised and how she was taught about things mm-hmm. and the lack of knowledge around like sex and, and, and stuff. And even though she had three kids, it just, you know, raising three mm-hmm. teenage girls at the same time you know, uh, was still tough, I'm sure. So, um, I remember growing up, I had very painful periods. Like Mm. my cramps since I was a teenager have just been like, Mm -hmm. they will, I'm out for the day. Right. Uh, and that was not my mom's experience when she was growing up. She had very light cramps. Like, you know, it just Mm -hmm. wasn't the same. Yeah. It's in the chicken. Hmm? It's in the chicken. So, but I remember like, she had found out that I had I was having sex in high school, um, and every time that I had a really bad period, she'd be like, "What did you do?" <gasps> oh. You know what I mean? Or like, and it was like, it was as if it was my fault because of fooling around with my boyfriends or mm-hmm. whatever that I had bad cramps or that I had uh, whatever gyn issues that oh, I was shit. having, and so. That really, I think, impacted how I felt about my life and how I felt about sexuality and how I felt about just, like, my confidence yeah. and what women were supposed to do with sex and not sex and yeah. you know, this kind of stuff. And so, again, no fault of hers because I don't think that she just, I don't think she knew. Yeah, that, right. That, you know, it didn't work like that. But it's actually supposed to ease those. <laughs> yeah, but that was one thing that, like, it took me kind of, like, I knew that wasn't true. Like, you know, I'd be like, Crouch over, like, crying, I didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, you know, at the same time, it took me a while to really understand. And it took me going to college and, like, you know, at College Park and yeah. joining uh, peer education programs and, like, yeah. becoming a public health major to really understand that there are symptoms associated with certain types of, you know, gynecological issues yeah. and diseases mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. that, um, you know, turn into bad cramps yeah and, like, sex is not a part of that and, <laughs> <laughs> um, and stuff and so I, I don't know I wasn't mad but yeah. I think it was just kind of just like oh I wish it was just really unfortunate like, yeah looking, thinking back to it I'm just like that's mm-hmm. unfortunate that I had to experience that yeah. and that yeah. I'm sure other women are also yeah. experiencing mm-hmm. in their own cultures that yeah so mm. definitely 
I still love you, mom. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe maybe the biggest one was not a myth, but you know, just that concept that you really do have to be a virgin in order to get yeah. married or like to have a husband. Mm. Like, and I then, think you know, check. And yeah, right, like, exactly. <laughs> and that and that like someone can physically look at you and, and see no and yeah. know you know whether you've had sex mm. or not. Like, and that like kind of used to scare the shit out of me. Mm. And and then like. You know, as exactly right. As we get more educated, as we read more and learn more and become more learned, we realize that none of those things are true, and that's that. Mm. <laughs> Nothing really specific. Just like uh, that, if you have sex, I can tell. Not yeah. even just by mm. you know the whole is your hymen still there, mm, yeah. but like you you know you'll smell different, you'll walk different. Right. And the thing is, it wasn't necessarily. A Nigerian myth, yeah. yeah, but it was a myth, yeah. Right, this, right, right. And I was just like, ah, if I, I don't want people to be looking at me like, oh, right. that girl right there, she has sex, yeah, like, right, 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 right. But then you know, the thing you want body parts to come in, so then people are telling you that, well, if you have sex this way, you'll get breasts. Or yeah. you'll get a butt. Oh, right. And, yeah. you know, you're not black enough because your butt ain't big enough. So <laughs> you should do this yeah. and that will help you get one. Right. You know, along with eating the, the beans and the rice and the bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> all these things all are the supposed carbs. to fill out your body. But mm. if you have sex with this guy at this time and do this position, right. it's going to help you get this body. Right. And just, ah. And of course, you, what you said, basically, <laughs> basically that um, not having sex is the gateway to marriage. Right. And exactly. that they will, yeah. they're going to check before you pass into those pearly gates. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I think I just had to develop my own kind of, I don't know, like my own kind of beliefs, but based yeah. on just like, edu- like, you know, yeah. same thing, like mm-hmm. education and reading up and like, Meeting new people, like I know, co- exactly. I know, like it's yeah. it's taboo, but like you know, you go to college and it opens up a whole new world. But it really did it because really I was does. meeting all yeah. these people, and like for the longest time, I was equating when I read my Facebook post from like 2006, <laughs> I'm like ashamed <laughs> of myself because I was like very just on that like oh like good girls do this because mm. that was what it was always yeah. perpetuated in my mind yeah, like I good think. girls go to school, good girls you know wait, good girls. You know, like all of just all of these mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And then when I met a girl that was doing her, it was like, ooh, girl, well. You a bad girl. Right. <laughs> or like, you know, good girls cover up. Like, and I always prided myself on like, ooh, I cover up. So I'm, you know, I'm fine and I'm not putting myself. And not, even right, like right. just myths about like se- like sexual violence. Like, yeah. well, what were you, like those same, like, like you yeah. know, right, what were you doing? Right. right. Were you wearing? People Why putting were you themselves there? Why were you in right. situations. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that always. Because good girls don't do that. Right. And they don't get in those situations. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing that always cracks me up is I always <laughs> feel bad for immigrant children because TV is not our friend at all. <laughs> As in like, Oprah messed up my whole entire life because my mom was like, you know, Oprah went to a sleepover because I could never go to a sleepover growing up. (laughs) And so, because my mom was always like, you know, Oprah was raped by so-and-so. And And I was like, right, but me and the girls were just going like, Get together. I don't know know what this guy do with Oprah. My mom's like, I think you need to sit here because you know, you never know what somebody's father could do in the middle of the night. And I'm like, okay, well, great. So it's like you're living in this constant fear, but you're also trying to be a good girl. And then it's like, okay, you do you really? And then when you meet other people, you realize 
good girls do great things. Ba- I mean, bad girls, quote, bad girls do great things and mm. bad girls get married. <laughs> like, yeah. However you want to, like, call it. And so yeah. it just, it took a lot of undoing for me and being, like, and just changing the script in my mind. Like, mm-hmm. no, people are themselves. People are going to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I need to respect people for who they are. Right, and right. whether I engage in something or not engage in something does not taint taint my character Mm -hmm. or make me better than you if I do something versus you and so that took a lot of work and when I look at and you know Facebook likes to remind you of who you were (laughs) so when Facebook tells me what I was saying online in 2006 I'm like there was one there was one post that came up a few weeks ago that was like oh I said something like oh I see y'all want to get naked and go to the club huh and I'm like I look at that now and I'm like oh gosh (laughs) women are entitled to wear whatever they want to go party like what were you doing? But it was like that constant, like yeah, my mother, and my yeah. mother still says it to me now, like, you're showing too much knee, or like, where's the rest of your dress? And right, she'll say yeah. it in a joking manner, but then it's just always this, like, mm-hmm. internal date. Right, yeah, like, like, oh right, my God. Right, and I right. will see myself in like a pair of shorts and be like, are these two? No, I'm fine. No, are these two? Yeah. No, I'm fine. Yeah. And then it's yeah. just this constant, yeah. constant narrative in your head to cover exactly. your own body based yeah. on what someone else said. Yeah. Like, how about for the first time ever? Yeah. I wore a midriff. You better go ahead. <laughs> yes. And I'm just like, uh, am I showing too much skin? Yeah. And the thing is, I felt so uncomfortable because I'm like, right. you can wear a midriff in the house. by yourself right alone right Mm -hmm. but like the second that i was leaving my house i was like oh is this what yeah what will people say is this gonna garner unwanted male attention yes if i if something were to happen with to me am i gonna be blamed for because of what i was wearing like are my shorts too short are my i mean constant narrative and i had to force myself out the house I yeah. put a sweater on. Mm. <laughs> but that but that belly was showing them. It was out. It was like this. I was like, yeah. I, I was going to the Smithsonian anyway. I didn't need to be naked at the Smithsonian. Right. But I was just like, dang it. Right. <laughs> Come off a little bit. It's true. I mean, like, and I've noticed, like, especially when it comes to Indian clothes, I am so much more conservative. Because mm. even, like, to wear sleeveless, I think... 58 times. I'm like, should I? Should I not? Should Because there's always some auntie who's like, mm-mm, she's wearing sleeveless. Oh, and you're so. like, girl. Or, you know, sexy some, shoulders. You know, or someone's going to be like, sh- you don't have the right arms to wear sleeveless. And I'm just like, I have arms. They are arms. They're not potatoes. And they're, there you okay, go. They're all right. <laughs> I could, I could, I they think if fine. I did this, if you're offended, just look away or put on some damn sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, let's, and like, I think like that all the time. I'm like, why shouldn't I do this? Why shouldn't I wear this? Yeah. If, you know, a little cleavage shows. I have boobs. Mm-hmm. You know, they do exist. They're great. They're kind of big. <laughs> so sometimes, you know. Cleavage can be fun. You know, yeah. what can I, I mean, I don't, I don't make enough cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, happens. but then, like, I, sometimes, even with all that thinking of, like, why shouldn't I? Or why shouldn't they? Or, like, why can't they wear? Like, when it comes down to it, I don't. I'm like, I don't want to really challenge this narrative today <laughs> I don't feel like being looked down upon or having some people gossip about me or even you know my family be like what on earth are you wearing like yeah, how mm-hmm. can you step out like that so Respect I just come around and I go yeah right and I'm just like it's not t- not today yeah not yep. today. yeah so I'm just gonna cover up and go about my business yeah. while internally being like, "Damn it!" <laughs> it's funny that it's almost like the same respectability politics from place to place to mm-hmm. place. Yeah. And 
telling you the pervasiveness of Western culture. I yeah. mean, it is so real. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. even then, it's like, well, you don't have the right type of body mm. to wear exactly. this thing right? or that thing. Yeah. And, oh, well, if you had this type of hair or these type of eyes, you yeah. would look better. Yeah. Right. So why don't you wear these contacts yeah. and exactly. get this right. wig weave yeah. 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 Or, or lose some weight or yeah. whatever. Or, yeah, like... Yeah. yeah, and going back on that, like... Just growing up, um, my mom never talked about it, like, sex with me yeah. at all. And my mom actually comes from a large family of yeah. seven brothers. Wow. So she was the only girl. She raised four of them. Right. Wow. Um, and it was hard because I didn't have, like, a connection with my mom at all. Yeah. And... Take your time, girl. You got this. Sorry. No, we no, appreciate your shit, girl. Don't worry about it. Um, I had like a horrible self-esteem about myself. Mm -hmm. And I would go back to Mexico like every summer. And it's like I come like to this country like having like a horrible self-esteem about myself. Mm -hmm. Go back to Mexico every summer. And all I see it's like again not who like i am plus i don't have a connection with my mom um plus my grandma is always telling me you know like you're too big you need to lose a little bit of weight um i had really like bad acne as well so it's my grandma telling me all this and my mom not telling me enough so you know i would come back here and i started to see like my friends like, getting boobs, like, you know, mm -hmm. going through, like, that puberty glow, and here I Blossom, am. I'm like, yeah. oh, I look, still look like a potato. Um, so I had, like, a horrible self-esteem, like, throughout high school. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have, like, the support of my mom. And then I had two older brothers that mm -hmm. were allowed to do whatever they wanted. Um, and then working at Planned Parenthood, like, I had so many different views, and I was, like, mm -hmm. so confused because for, like, three years, my grandparents didn't know where I worked at all. Mm -hmm. Like, it was kept a secret. Right, right, right. My mom still doesn't talk about my job with my aunts and uncles back in Mexico. She's mm -hmm. just, her thing is always, like, oh, she's just studying. Um, and I love my mom. Like, she's amazing. She's a nurturing person. But I wish I did have that connection where my mom would tell me, like, you're beautiful or not have my grandmother, mm -hmm. like, badge on me like mm -hmm. she did for so right, many right, years. Right. Um, and then after I graduated high school, like, I was finally able to be myself. Like, I really got into, like, Planned Parenthood mm -hmm. and I started to love myself. Yeah. But... My mom still kind of like, ugh, you're too much. Like, you got, like, a guy's not going to want you like that. Mm. And I still struggle with that, like, yeah. when I do, like, talk openly. Because I'm like, okay, I need to, like, tone it down. Because no guy will want me mm. at all. So, like, it's, it's, it's been hard to kind of, like, break out of that. Like, gotcha. break yeah. out of, like... I'm not supposed to be submissive. I'm not, like, expected to be, be a virgin until, like, I'm married. Like, mm -hmm. a guy will want me. Yeah. They will want me loud. And the other issue, too, is that I do have friends that are still very, like, in that culture that have been raised in that culture. Mm -hmm. 
So I can't tell him about dating at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm dating a guy. He's, like, amazing. Mm-hmm. But I can never tell them I met him on OkCupid because <laughs> right? what is right. that? Like, right. what is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, that's right. how right. women yeah. get raped. That's right. what, yeah. Like, right. what are you right. doing? Um, yeah. Like, that's across the board. Exactly. Oh. So I talk to my coworkers, you know, about that. And I tell them that. I'm like, oh, I met this guy and he's amazing and and i like that like they're happy about me like Mm -hmm. i can be myself Mm -hmm. i can be that but at the same time like i have to be also really latina for my latina friends and i can't be too much like i just i can't like especially also when it comes to language like if i go back to mexico like i don't even fit there Mm -hmm. but if i'm here i don't even fit here like i don't fit like the beauty standards in mexico or here mm. and it's like an everyday struggle of me trying to say like mm-hmm. okay I'm beautiful enough I'm perfect enough somebody will want me exactly. and my mom like unfortunately yes she had so many um just like not the best upbringing mm-hmm. but she's with a wonderful man my dad accepts her and kind of like brings her out of her mold mm-hmm. and because I have been working at Planned Parenthood you know I do tell her some things and I'm like Mom, this is not how we do things. Like, telenovelas, soap operas, like, that's not how it goes. Like, a love yeah. triangle, that doesn't happen in real life. And I see oh, my God. nieces. <laughs> and um, I see my nieces. And my brother, he's a single dad, and he's raising these beautiful girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever they're watching those telenovelas or soap operas, I told them, that's not realistic. And they're like, okay, I know, Karen. Like, we know now. Like, okay, that's not real. <laughs> I was like, or whenever, like, you see two people kissing, and my my um, my mom and my dad are like, okay, cover up. Oh, my gosh, <laughs> Like, don't yes. see it. And I'm like, no. That's like, it's okay. Do. That's what that's people do. do. Like, they right? kiss. Yeah. I, and then, because of that, like, now my parents kiss in front of us. But, you know, it took years, and it's, like, a struggling, yeah. and... It's, like, so much, and now me and my mom are getting to, like, that part where our relationship is going there, but she still doesn't know enough about my job. Mm-hmm. Like, she just knows I go out and I teach. She doesn't even know I'm mm-hmm. doing the podcast because it's, like, <gasps> girl, you talking about sex? No, 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 you, you can't do this. And it's recorded like, forever and <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's going to be out there. Right, yeah. And yeah. I feel like that has been, like, the biggest hurdle I guess Mm -hmm. being a Latina and Mm -hmm. being an immigrant Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. trying to fit into both cultures cultures, but not being completely in one and I feel like yeah and I feel like that's why I guess so emotional because you see like all this like there's uh, out there yeah, and I'm like yeah. Uh, yeah. there's so many expectations like yes. yeah, exactly right I have the Indian community I have my American American community and then in between are my Indian community peers that are my age that's where I think both worlds come together and especially with this project so we did um, we did our first workshop in New York at an Indian conference and 30 of the people that were no 20 of the people out of 35 were my family friends and we talked about stuff we have never, ever talked about. Mm. Sex, sexuality, how, you know, Bollywood influences sex, mm-hmm. how our literature that we grew up reading, Indian literature influences sex. We talked about so many things. We didn't even finish all the topics we had <laughs> planned. But it was so refreshing. I was like, I feel like finally I can 
talk, you know, we can talk about these things within the Indian community, not with my parents. Same thing, like, I, I think for me in the last, like, two years is finally when I'm like, I'm beautiful, I'm sexy, and like, you know, everything else, and like, I look great, I feel great, you know, I gain weight sometimes, I lose weight sometimes, like, that happens, and like, I have some health issues I'm working through, and like, that had a big part of not feeling good, but I was like, it still doesn't change like who I am. My mm -hmm. appearance might change, you know, like there were things that I haven't told him. Like I, you know, my hair was falling out. I was on steroids. So like my whole body swelled up. Like I didn't feel good. I yeah. looked like a potato. I really did. Yeah. But I was like, that's fine. You know, it happens. It's only like, you know, in passing, it's not like it's like this forever. And even if it is like that forever, like what only matters is like how I feel in the end, not yeah. how mm -hmm. someone else is telling me to feel or look or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. amazing. Strong feelings about <laughs> yes. that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing yeah. to have like these conversations because like we yeah. all mentioned, the only conversations we have are in the media, what's said mm -hmm. on social media. Right. But, you know, this is an honest conversation. Yeah. This is us like just talking from our experiences exactly. and You're what we gone. feel and it's amazing <laughs> because we all have the same feeling yeah, yeah. exactly and i feel like it's, it's so amazing powerful. how many things are just so cross-cultural yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. which when you guys were talking about the your the self that you are culturally versus the self that you are American, American. Yeah. Yeah. and then that meeting place so it's like yeah. to Nigerians I'm not Nigerian enough I'm not Yoruba girl enough <laughs> and then for Americans I'm not American enough right, and right. you know having to deal with all those sort of stereotypes mm -hmm. so like Americans have been the ones to be the one to tell me oh well you know you're pretty to be African Thank you. you smell good to be appreciate African. you like yeah. I didn't know Africans use deodorant and it's just like yeah. you know thank you for those backhanded compliments right. but then it's like oh you are too much of an akata so like akata is like <laughs> cotton picker Oh wow! And it's just like, oh, you're too American black now. You're not. Oh, you're not wow, really wow. Nigerian. Damn. And then that that meeting place mm -hmm. of first generation Nigerian American people, mm -hmm. like we are, sort of bringing in both those both pieces cultures, and. Yeah. Also, trying to find it where you fit in because, right. like, where do I want to stand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in this in this in this vastness of what you should be? Yeah. Of these shoulds, coulds, woulds yeah. that n don't necessarily have anything to do with you, but have everything to do yeah. with you. Yeah. It's like, where do you want to stand? Where do you want to plant your flag? And right. how do you reconcile all these different pieces of who you are mm -hmm. yeah. that feels satisfactory to you? Yeah, and it. Honestly, my journey actually started here at Morgan State yeah. University. Yeah. This this idea that I can be more, I can be whatever it is that I am, yeah. and be complete exactly how I am. Yeah. That right. a partner doesn't complete me, mm -hmm. um, yes. good mm -hmm. grades don't complete me. But it's just like all these things, like having my hair this way or that way doesn't complete mm -hmm. me. So yeah. like... What it felt, what I had to go through to get to the point that I am now, to be able to accept myself and still recognizing that it is constant work. Mm -hmm. I feel that people think that once you emancipate yourself from these hierarchical, patriarchal, yeah. sort of Eurocentric mm -hmm. ideas that you only have to do it once. And I'm like, no, you don't do it once. You do it every yeah. single day. Yeah. Yeah. You do it every yeah. time you pick up your clothes to wear to wherever you're going. You mm -hmm. do it every time you style your hair. You do it every time you put on your makeup or don't put on your makeup. Yeah. Every single decision yeah. that you make, you can choose to emancipate yourself 
but will you? Yeah. Because it's it's hard. Yeah. And some days you don't want to fight. Some days right. you just want to be like, I just want to be typical Nigerian. <laughs> no. yeah. I'm like, I don't want to have the conversation. I don't want the eyes, yeah. you know, yeah. the people yeah. that look at you in that way. Yeah. I don't want to have to deal with you. all that yeah. crap. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just... I just I want to be invisible today, yeah, and yeah. that and that is my hope it. for yeah. today, yeah. and that's it. But right, right, right. of course, you're still going to displease someone, and someone is still going to say something to you. Someone's right. going to shake their eyes at mm. you, their heads. They're going to finger wag you. Yeah. They're going to yeah. talk mm. about you behind your back, and exactly. it's just like trying to. You have to replant the flag every, every day. day. Every yep. day. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, so we're running out of time. <laughs> but I had a really good conversation, and I mean, I feel like we we walked away with some gems. I mean, I think the overall thing to undo some of these cultural scripts, like, of course, culture means so much, yeah. and course, it makes yeah. us who we are, and I think yeah. as I get older and I'm thinking about, but when I think about if I ever would to, would become a mother, what kind, where where am I hoping that my kids fall in this kind yeah, of thing? And yeah. even for me, just the constant, like you're saying, every day kind of undoing that cultural script. So knowing like, okay, no, these breasts, it's okay if they're out. <laughs> it's okay that these shorts are short. It's okay that like I travel without my husband, which that's for a whole nother show. Next time. <laughs> People don't like, especially when you're talking to my parents. They're just or, like, or just foreign. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, like, where are you going? how are you so independent and so like kind of maintaining that like okay i am who i am culture wise because yeah. that's what makes me unique but then mm-hmm. also like no i am who i am because i am just me and how the na- and just navigating those things mm-hmm. um daily but before we end we have a couple of stories that a few awesome listeners have submitted and we're going to take a listen to them. Hi, my name is Kat. I'm from Queens, New York. And I would just like to share my experiences as a Jamaican woman exploring her sexuality. Um, a little bit about myself. I was born in Jamaica. I came to the States when I was nine years old. I was raised by my mother and my grandmother when I was living in Jamaica. Sex was never discussed in our household. We didn't know anything about it. Uh, I didn't know anything about my body, my vagina, didn't know anything about how it works other than I use it to urinate growing up. Uh, my grandmother never even called it a vagina. My grandma called it a leg or the ooh-ooh. So whenever you saw it, it was ooh-ooh. So it was either your leg or your ooh-ooh. I never knew that it was a vagina. Till I went to school. Everything I learned about sex and sex education for me came from school or books that I read myself. When I moved to the United States, I was nine years old. I got my period when I was 12. My mom never discussed anything about my vagina, my feminine health, my sexual health. I got my period at 12. Luckily, my grandma was here. I was too afraid to tell my mother that I was bleeding from my vagina because I felt she would blame me for doing something wrong. If you were seen with a boy, you were doing something wrong. So when I told my grandma, I was like, Grandma, I think something's wrong with me, and I showed her what's going on. The only thing my grandma said to me was, once you have sex, it's over. Still didn't know what that meant.
Hello everyone. So my name is Francesca Weeks. Um, I am originally from a place called Kannapolis, North Carolina. It's a small town that's about 30 minutes away from Charlotte. Very small town. Very religious town. Um, almost, almost I'm say most people go to church there or um, have family that are deep rooted into church. Um, so my family was Southern Baptist and very, um, very, very strict uh, Lutheran uh, faith. And so I was in church three, four nights a week. Um, so when I heard the word sex or sexual immortality or words, it was all religious based. Um, I really didn't know what sex was because I was not allowed to watch anything on TV that was could be considered demonic or anything that had a bad influence. When I was 12 or 13 um, at church, they had us go through this ceremony and these classes called the Vow of Purity. Um, I took the class and I they kept talking about remaining pure until you get married and the benefits of it and how, you know, the sacredness of it. And so to me it sounded great, uh, but at the same time I still didn't know what sex was. What am I staying pure from? Um, I didn't really understand kissing, touching, intimate sex, um, you know, just regular sex, just having sex for the fun, casual sex. I didn't understand any of that. I didn't know what they were, I really what I was staying pure from. This is hope. Um, so cultural upbringings and sex. <laughs> um, so I guess I should start off uh, by telling you all where my family is from. My family is from a little island in the Caribbean called Barbados. Uh, sex was seen as something for procreation and something that guys were like after you trying to get in your pants and the whole thing the talk that I got was pretty much keep your legs closed and your dress down um, so a very sort of like victim stance where you know women are like helpless sheep and there's a man in the corner ready to take your coochie <laughs> um, in fact awesome awesome so shout out to Kat Francesca and Hope for sharing their stories with us and if you want to listen to their full stories you can download each of their stories along with this podcast episode so each of them will be uploaded as um, individual episodes and take a listen share your feedback and if you want to share your story please holla at us at vagisteam at gmail.com all right, so we're at the end, and I'm really sad to see us all go, but where can listeners find you, and do you have any upcoming events, and how can we support your work? Where do we find you on the internet, et cetera? Well, by November 7th, fingers crossed, you'll be able to find me at anodright.com. That's A-N-N-O-D-R-I-G-H-T, because I'm giving you a nod in the right direction. <laughs> Um, it's for therapy, um, both individual couples, um, for children, for adults, and it also has the educational component and coming soon retreats oh. for mental health professionals, for natural hair divas, all of it is coming. Yay! Mm-hmm. So awesome. Yeah, thanks for coming, Donna. Um, for me, I'm just social media. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, Instagram underscore underscore K. A-I-I, um, shout out if I ever yeah, have something upcoming. for sure. Awesome. 
I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn. You know, <laughs> everything. All that. <laughs> so, everything. Um, for, for Instagram and Twitter, it's um, under Pretty Ma, so P R I T T Y M A, uh, play off of my, my real name, which is Pretma. So, ah, yeah. awesome. So that was Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm Tanya, so um, we have our sexual um, South Asian Sexual Health Alliance, and we have a Facebook page for that. Um, you can find us at, at, at South Asian SH, if you look that up on Facebook. Um, and then we recently created a Tumblr blog that has, right now, only resources for like birth control and sexual health, but we're hoping to add more resources, um, and that's kind of long. Um, South-Asian- sexual-health.tumblr.com <laughs> because we couldn't find any other domain. Um, but we have um, a feature that we're going to be implementing over the next couple of weeks where people can ask anonymous questions about sexual health, reproductive health, mental health. And so that goes in line with the resources we're adding to it. Um, so we're hoping to kind of put it out there and people can ask questions and we will direct you hopefully to people or resources or information, whatever you might need. So that's the goal. All right. <laughs> well, everyone, I'm so excited that you joined us. We're going to keep um, fighting this cultural, yes. the, the bad things, cultural power. <laughs> and you can find Vagisteam at www.vagisteam.com. And I want you, this is the only thing you have to do besides listening to the show. I want you to download and subscribe and rate us on iTunes. So Ooh. go ahead and do that. We will see you in two weeks. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for having us. <laughs> All right. See you in two weeks, everyone. Bye. Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make the Texas family.